seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 103 of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast, where we talk about all types of issues that affect people at and away from their computers and game tables. I am your host, Daquan Watson, as always, to take you through this journey, but I don't do it alone. I have my trusty sidekick here, Brian Allen. How is it going this week, dude? Going well. I, I I just drank some tea, and it was at you know that bottom of the of the pitcher tea where all the sugar and tea has kind of just concentrated. So it's like the the ultimate blast of of tea and sugar. Man, as long as it's not the t- like you get that grainy stuff at the bottom. That's no a- no no grains. Just yeah, the- that that's the bad part. You don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want that with coffee either. When it, it becomes a uh, solid. Before we get to everything this week, for those of you that are new around here, we want to tell you about a show sponsor, Cardsphere.com. They're a great place if you want to sell or buy Magic cards at the price you want. You can set in how much you want to sell something for, how much you want to buy something for, and it's awesome. Matter of fact, I packed up, no lie, literal truth, 31 packages to go out this week. So I had a busy time on there. I've been I've been putting a bunch of cards in on Cardsphere, just kind of like getting all the inventory up and then... That was the cool part about it is I could take, I, well, I did. I took my time putting all my cards in. And then when I was ready and I had a window of time where I could do it, I just went through, found people that wanted all the cards I wanted, confirmed the ones I wanted to sell, bagged them up, printed shipping labels, got them out to people. It was great. I was going to say, are these some of the same card? Or have you moved enough to like manipulate the market at this point? Or are these different? No, no, they're definitely different cards. I don't think I have okay. more than like five copies of anything on there honestly like i I have a bunch of like two to four of things i think but yeah it's been really good wasn't very complicated at all uh but you know they support us they support other magic content creators so you know show them some love if you're thinking about it at least stop by check it out even if you're just gonna buy stuff could be pretty useful that's cardsphere.com also if you want to support the show directly you can go over to patreon.com slash color of magic and that'll help us keep on going. Just like Don Haddlestead and Brishan Miller, two of our latest patrons. So thank y'all for coming and joining the crew. Again, we got to come up with a name. I don't know if crew is good enough. Maybe we use crew. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I'm going to try something different. Every time we get a patron, I'm just going to try a different name okay. for our peeps until one sticks. Because <laughs> usually it's some like you know you have your dragons brutes. It's your I'm trying to think of what would go with color of uh We ain't got none. We'd be like a box of crayons or whatever. That doesn't work yeah, though. We we we, we can't call them <laughs> colored. That'd be bad. Exactly. <laughs> <can't do> that. <laughs> that doesn't work. We'll come up with something. We'll come up with something. <laughs> also, one last thing: if you want to get some merchandise, basically some sleeves, not sleeves. We don't have sleeves yet. I'm working on that part. But if you want tokens or if you want play mats with show logos and whatnot, or our likeness on some tokens, hop over to colorofmtg.com slash shop. Pick up a few things. No matter where you are in the world, we can ship it to you and get you taken care of. Now, this show is going to be a little... Actually, I don't know. This is more focused than last week. Though, I thought we did have a lot of fun last week. But I think this one, we're going to be more on point with things. But we do have a couple of things to gripe about to start the show. (laughs) 
So, rolling into here in this first bit of soapbox action. This isn't necessarily specifically gaming related, but it is about people trying to game the system. Because we had that whole investigation go down in Arizona. Where they were like, ah, we're going to find all these fake ballots and we're going to find all, all the people that voted twice and we're going to find all these problems in the system and we're going to overturn this vote. By the way, paid for by the Republican Party, you know, their conservative groups pitched all the money, all that. Nothing turned up. Biden Not a surprise. gained votes in Arizona. Yeah, not a surprise to anyone, but their people basically did a sham investigation and still couldn't find anything, and it got worse for them through the process, right? But the ridiculous thing is, despite all of that, other states have now had some people, well, we might do our own investigation too. And it's like, wait, 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 like they just did one with all their own people. Even at the behest of everybody else saying, you know, everybody's upset and blah, blah, and like still did it, found nothing. Matter of fact, made their situation worse. Yeah, Texas is investigating and he won Texas. So, so, I, so I mean, what? Yeah, I just don't even understand what's happening anymore. I truly don't. I don't understand at all. Try to overturn the vote in states you won. <laughs> it's weird, man. I don't, I really don't get it. I, only thing I can figure. And this is pure speculation, is that some company involved with the processes is connected enough with enough of the politicians that people are getting paid. That's a possibility. Because nothing else makes sense at this point, right? Like just even from just a logistics perspective, the energy, the time, the costs, like, and with no result, we're a year after or whatever, and like nothing. <laughs> like, and that's nuts with you. Know, even Trump's f- former fixer, Michael Cohen, has said he thinks the new scam, you know, is politics. There's no reason for Trump to ever go back to real estate because in real estate, eventually, you got to show, you got to at least show people a lot or some property or something. Politics, you don't have to generate any results and you can still get people to hand you money. So, this is the perfect con for. Oh, absolutely. A Absolutely. Like with real estate, it's sooner or later you have to have receipts. You know, and, and that came up for Trump, as we've seen many times. Like you you can take it so far, but eventually you got to pay the piper. Like that as we've seen, there are people still in politics today that that is not a thing. So, yeah, just weird to see that other people are stepping up, wanting to do investigations when the one that they thought was going to turn up the best results got absolutely nothing. So I don't even understand. But anyway... You have something as well this week that uh, sounds like you want to get into a little bit. Yeah. There, there are so many angles on this Gabby Petito case. We could do almost an entire separate podcast. I guess let me just hit a couple of the, uh, of the big ones. First of all, these fake psychics, y- y'all are terrible people. Just all these people claiming they have been in communication. with. I, I get that's your hustle, but man... Have you no shame? Just no limits. What do they do if she turns up somewhere? Exactly. Because <laughs> you know, noted fake psychic Sylvia Brown, who claims she had been in contact with uh, 
with, with, with the girl who ended up getting kidnapped and came, you know, and was found in the guy's, kidnapped in the guy's house years later. But supposedly Sylvia Brown had been in communication with her and they know she's dead. She would have called you. Because that's what they do. They, they, yeah. they play, you know, they, they play the, the numbers of the best case scenarios where in most cases, if you haven't heard from your child in two years, they have been murdered. That's where if you were going to place, they, that's what they're basically doing is they're, they're gambling on the odds. The odds are if you hadn't heard from somebody in five years, they're dead. And, they, and that's what they play. Yeah, such a I can do that. Like you see, the Long Island medium will come in, come into some building, and be like, okay, because it's funny. All these ghosts they talk to, all the, they, they never talk to them directly. All the ghosts they have to do is play charades, apparently. Yeah, it's okay. So like, there's somebody in here whose name starts with the letter B. Duh, it's one of the Bob, Brian, Bill, one of the most common letters in the alphabet for people's names to start with. So of course, a bunch of people, you know, raise their hands, and they just lost somebody. And this person died of a heart attack. Again, one of the most common causes of death in the world. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. I think there's some people who probably can, but I don't think it's nearly as many people as, as make it out to be. Yeah, and the ones that, that actually have that power, I'm sure they're not playing charades. <laughs> they have oh, actual sure. intelligence, things that they know that nobody else would know. And these these fake psychics never have any of this stuff. It's, it's also always, weird, too, when you see some of them turn up around big issues like this. Right. Like, we didn't see anything from you for the last, like, two, three years, during COVID or nothing. But yeah. magically, all of a sudden, you're Johnny on the spot whenever a famous case goes and somebody's missing it. Now you're all over the place. Like, cause, cause the guy, you know, came home in his girlfriend's van and was home for like a week. Nobody talked to her before CNN reported on the case, apparently, cause you're supposed to be psychic. Yet somehow yeah. you didn't hear anything about it until it's been all over the news. Okay. Yeah. That whole case is weird, man. It is, cause also speaking of people, you know, that I think are probably con artists and grifting on the situation. Dog the Bounty Hunter is involved. I saw but, a video of that online. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's going to be kind of the FBI's nightmare. What if Dog does find him before the FBI does? How embarrassing would that be? Hey, they'll they'll take the assist. They will, <laughs> but man, at that point, do, do they have to hire Dog? Nope. You, <laughs> the U.S. government ain't got... Me. U.S. government ain't got no shame. Like... They'll be like, cool, thanks for the assist. Here's a couple bucks. Get the hell out of here. But, I mean, if he finds a guy that everybody was looking for, you, you got to at least consider it, right? No, they wouldn't. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying you got to make him head of the agency. <laughs> the whole thing is just bizarre. And, of course, I guess we got, we got to talk about the whole, as, we, as they call it, missing white woman syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you just see. I think it's just, there's been like 200 indigenous women that have gone missing in that same area in the past, you know, year or so, and nothing in terms of publicity or nothing visible in terms of people looking for them. Yeah, the only reason I give this one any slack is because she was an actual internet blogger. Yeah, that's yeah. one thing she did. I'll say, as a former report, crime reporter, yeah, I'd have picked up on this immediately because it's it's an easy trail to follow because she had recorded so much of their life already. 
That's the thing, yo. Like, first of all, I've asked people before, like, how mad would you have to be at somebody to even kill them? Like, how much do you have to hate your situation or your life or whatever, right? That I can't get to that headspace. I know. But even with that, you literally have a video trail of your life for the last couple years. Like, how? Like, what do you think's going to happen? Like, they literally know everywhere you've been. I'll say one thing. If you end up being the guy's lawyer, first of all, best of luck to you. I know everybody has to have a vigorous defense. It's part of the way the system works. But I guess the only benefit for you is you can argue it ain't first degree because my dude clearly had no plan. That's fair. That's, I mean. He obviously didn't think about this before he did it because, yeah, there's. At every step, he has done the, the, the dumbest thing possible. I started with like, okay, you come back in your girlfriend's van that she's, again, been blogging about for months without your girlfriend? Yeah. I don't know, man. I. It'll be interesting to see how it ends up. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I want them to find the dude and like, you know, just to, for the family's sake and everything. But I also want it to just be done so we don't have to hear about it every single day. Like let's let's move that one on because ugh. But we did learn some interesting things this week, and we're gonna share that because as always we try to get smarter, better, faster, you know. But <laughs> what did you learn this week, Brian? Well, uh, NBA Two K Twenty Two has launched because you know it, it's almost I think training camps open and they're not whatever they call them basketball. Basketball will start practicing again in like ten days. Yeah. But on Steam, it's a PC issue only. When you go 10-0 and 0 in the draft mode, which is super hard to do, you apparently get automatically banned from playing the game. So there's just a ban for being good. Yeah. You, you, great. You get a really awesome Glenn Robinson car, but you can't use it because it's auto-banned. It's, well, see, that's even worse. Get, so there's yeah. a reward for going 10-0. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But then you immediately yeah, get hard. banned. I mean, I think I've reached, I've reached diamond rank before in this game, and I don't think I've ever won 10 in a row. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. It's probably difficult to do, but that just feels very weird. I, I'm so, sure there's probably some kind of anti-cheat software they got running, and it kind of screwed up and caught everybody. Because I've, I've been on the forums, and a couple people are saying, okay, you know, after – few days and multiple complaints i got unbanned but they never explained what the heck happened to where i was banned in the first place so okay so it's not a perma ban at least yeah they 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 do seem to be fixing it okay but it's just you know it really sucks to i mean uh, imagine if you're playing arena and you win you know let's say you have a great run in draft win a bunch of things oh by the way you're banned from drafting for a couple of days how terrible would that be or any game really it's just that's really like strange. Like banned for being good. Yeah, and I don't know. I've heard about 2K having some PC issues with games previously, so I don't know. Maybe maybe they just put all their time into building for the the consoles. Yeah, the, they, this launch has definitely been problematic, so something we will keep an eye on. Mm. Well, I learned... Well, actually, this is a weird one because I think I'm still learning... I don't know if I've necessarily learned, but a few days ago, I started doing a deep dive on my revenue stats with YouTube. 
because anybody who does a deep dive into YouTube, there's a bunch of like, I don't know if you want to call them like heuristics for making your videos that are the best way to do it to maximize your videos, right? You try to try to make them at least eight minutes so you can get the mid-roll ad. You don't want them to be more than like 15 or 20 minutes because people will quit watching or, you know, YouTube wants longer percentage of watch time per video or both, you know, all these other things. But I had an interesting thing happen where I look at my stats roughly quarterly to kind of see where the progression is over a period of time. And kind of in line, my daily stats are about, looking at views, are about 1% to 3% higher than they were prior to Midnight Hunt. Which makes sense, right? Not that abnormal. It kind of is in line with everything as it should be. Nice steady growth. But my revenue was up 20%. So then I started, that's why I started doing the deep dive. Like, okay, well, if I'm only getting one to 3% more views, how am I making so much more money? And I did a series of videos like I always do prior to a set coming out that are between like eight and 12 minutes talking about like, here's a new deck and some ways you can use the cards and whatever. So when the set goes live, people have decks already they can go to and download. But... I made less money during the time with those videos, even with there being like multiples per day. So now that kind of flips a lot of things on its side for how people say you should be making content or what you should be doing. And maybe maybe it's a game space thing and maybe magic and gaming function a bit differently than a lot of other YouTube videos. And that could be for a lot of reasons. You know, your CPM, RPM, you know, that they make for ads they put in your video might be more or less than other genres or the way gamers engage with the content could be different, but it's definitely opened my eyes to kind of do a deeper dive and maybe even put a YouTube video out. If I come to anything concrete, you know, in about another week or so, because I think it's still going to take time to break it all down, but it's been very interesting to see just how those numbers correlate. And they're actually not as clean as I think people think they are. And it's, and it's interesting because And I don't even know if like, even if I find out a thing, if that's the definitive way to do it, it might just be this period of time that, you know, the way people are engaging with my content is a certain way. But it was very interesting to just see that, hey, maybe this way to do a thing is not the way everybody needs to be doing a thing, which I already kind of assumed. But, you know, if enough people say it, you're kind of like, well, okay, maybe. (laughs) But yeah, this would be, it'd be interesting, but I definitely learned some things and I'm going to have my best month so far on YouTube. So that's cool. Nice. Yeah. Maybe it'd be something I can pass along to uh, help other people if, if we get lucky. That's what, <laughs> that's that's what that feels like. like. That's what that feels like. Right. But yeah, let's get into some other more specific gaming news. I think there's a few things here that people are... Definitely going to want to hear us kind of go on and on about. So I'm not sure if you're aware, but over last weekend, or I guess the previous weekend, we were supposed to have a tournament that Crokey's was going to basically co-sponsor and got backing from Wizards of the Coast, mostly because they were doing a crossover with Team Liquid and Team Liquid sponsors Crokey's who also owns, I guess, part ownership of Maturino, and Wizards was starting to work with Maturino to run their tournaments. 
Why? Who the F knows? Like, I really don't know. I mean, I guess if Crokies want it done, that may be why they're doing it. Well, no, Crokies, I guarantee you, Crokies would run tournament on anything. Like, that was more of a Team Liquid thing. Because my understanding from what I could find is Liquid owns some investment or part or whatever of Match Arena. So it kind of makes sense that if you're going to do that, and they're like, oh, hey, we sponsor a Magic player. Why don't we put his name on it and have him like be the host of the tournament? Which, that that part of the business makes total sense. So I don't put anything on Team Liquid. I don't put anything on Crokies. Really don't even put much on Match Arena, right? This is a Wizards of the Coast decision that makes no sense. And I say it doesn't make a lot of sense because... I, mean, I feel like it makes some sense, you know, if that's... <laughs> No, is he totally no. the most popular streamer? I guess, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like from the top. Like, why is Wizards leaving MTG Melee to go to Match Arena? That's the problem I have. And the reason being is that MTG Melee from the bottom up was built with magic in mind. Not, I mean, it's it can it can be you know they're talking about doing stuff with other card games and whatnot, but its base was created to handle Magic events. Yeah, hence the name MTG Melee. Yeah, it was it was one of the core owners is a guy who ran Grand Prix for hell close to well f- more than ten years. I'm trying to think how long he might have got close to two decades that he'd run running events. And he'd been involved on the business side. He has other business dealings with Wizards. So, like, he understood the business side entirely. You had people involved with the promotion of it and whatnot that were MPL players. Right? Like, their entire structure. And, and everybody's been using it. That's the other thing. Like, using it successfully. Channel Fireballs used it. You know, we help all types of people have used it. And it's like, what are we doing going with this other company that, as far as I could tell, they don't really do card game stuff? I mean, I could have could have missed it somewhere in there, but it was just a very odd choice to see the announcement. And then and then the software didn't work. So on the day that they were supposed to run this event and Crokey's has got all his people and has been promoting it for like two weeks. And, you know, they made a little to do about it. They didn't even get to run the event. Not even that it was just delayed. They decided to just cancel it entirely because they couldn't get it operating. Like, come on. Like that's, that's already going to be a bad look. Oh yeah. I, Wizards by their own admission is not good at running these things. But that's my point. They didn't have to. They had somebody make a thing specifically to run their events. Like, you don't even have to have like a sponsorship deal or partnership deal or nothing. You literally just say, like, cool, we're gonna use you guys' software to run our next event. I mean, you don't have to, but if somebody offers them some money, their company, they're gonna take it. Well, sure, but you don't, like, it just, oh, the whole thing's just, oh. Because I'm sure, like, money was exchanged here, (laughs) you know? Oh, no doubt. Like, But here's the thing. Even on Matcharino's website, if you go look at it, you can go to just what it sounds like, matcherino.com. Like, one of their selling points is Matcharino enables esports ecosystems. And then they have this big, like, flow chart 
with just dollar signs all over the place connecting <laughs> all, literally i'm not even making this up it's a it's a it's the it's four pillars on the left side which is sponsors con- contributors registration in the marketplace and then they have Maturino in the middle and on the other side it's all the other things it's like the merchants the teams the organizers the publishers whatever and then there's literally dollar signs along all the lines connecting everything i mean credit to them they're not being secretive about it yeah <laughs> but come on like really really and the truth is so, so wizards can't even outsource magic competitive properly no, they apparently can't. Because here's the thing: like, even if, even if Wizards is making some money, make is able to make money off of it, how much do we think they're really gonna make? Because you have to do a mass removal of getting all these people who are entrenched in MTG Melee to move over to Maturino, and then Wizards can start making money, or. It would have probably made more sense. And maybe they did. Maybe they sat with MTG Melee and said, like, hey, is there any way we could work a deal and we get, like, 1% or 2% or whatever? I don't know. Maybe that didn't work out. I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. But it feels very weird and very short-sighted. I wonder also, could MTG Melee just not get Crokies involved with it? Which, if he's got to deal with somebody else, I would understand why he... I'm pretty sure Crokies had just had run an event previously through MTG Melee. So I don't I think don't that's a problem a at all. Contract. I don't know how long he's been. I don't know how long Team Liquid has been invested in Maturino. Now that I don't know. And that could be part of it too. It could just be like he can't be involved if, you know, it's a competing product or something. I don't know. Who, who Usually your deals have something like that. Like, hey, if you got a deal with Pepsi, you can't be drinking cocoa on your stream. Yeah, I just, I don't know. And here's the thing. I'm not saying we shouldn't look at other companies. I mean, if somebody just makes a better tool, then, hey, it's the better tool. That's what we should go with. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, this certainly doesn't look like that situation. <laughs> yeah, I just, it's hard to visualize what the better tool would be when, as far as I can tell, the other company isn't even doing anything in your space yet. So they haven't, at least now, I hey, feel free to shoot me something on Twitter or whatever, prove me wrong. But I couldn't easily find a thing where they were running other card game related things. The structures of their events are drastically different than, well, I say drastically, but are significantly different than card game tournaments. So I don't really understand, like, if I'm going to go and sign a deal with somebody to, especially do a big, like the big opening weekend, well, you know, the first real weekend of your set being out and people talking about it and whatever, and, you know, doing a big to-do, like, you would think a lot of those would have been checked. Even if I, and honestly, I put that on Maturino even more than Wizards. Because you obviously had confidence, you went and sold this bill of goods to this company and say, hey, here's our partnership deal. We're going to make it look good. We're going to do a big deal with one of the players we sponsor. And then you couldn't even get off the ground. It's an absolute, (laughs) it's a hard failure. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. So I I don't know. It's, it's tough, man. Like I'm, yeah, I'm always for innovating. And like I said, if, if somebody comes along and says, Hey, we get it. We, we want to get into the card game space. Here's what we can do for you. 
here's a way we can make things look, here's the structure for our tournaments, you know, and can prove to you they, they've got it, then great, go with them. But only thing, when I first heard of Matcharino, I was like, I'm pretty sure they only do video game stuff, but I'm like, let me go check them out. Maybe they do more than I knew. All I could find was them basically talking about how we can help y'all make money. And then they have a bunch of logos plastered everywhere of, you know, different games they've worked with or like G Fuel and, you know, EA Sports and whatever. Let me go look at this site live so I can just get my live reaction of how, yeah, or like it's, how it's, busted this is. It's, it's them showing all their branded partners and blah, blah. They're basically doing the big corporate game thing or corporate business yeah, thing. Yeah. Not game is... thing. But just making themselves look good to attract more partners. But I see the flow chart. Guy. Yeah, this does not make me want to hand them any money. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't, I don't understand. Like it's, you know, and and there's their site flows well. Like if you're there to, you know, we have a game and we want to make some money, sure. But there's nothing here about like event infrastructure, blah yeah, blah. That's... It looks like no gamers were consulted in the design of this website or any. If I didn't know this had to do with video games and esports, I think this was, you know, that they made paper clips or something. It's just that. Yeah, until you get to the bottom and you see all the actual logos, because like Razer and EA yeah. Sports or whatever, right? But it's such a weird thing. Like, I just don't understand the decision. Then at the bottom, you got some testimonials from, okay, like uh, Daigo Umanhara. Like, okay, yeah, people I've heard of, but. You got to scroll through a lot of flow charts and, you know, some goofy looking stuff to get to, oh, okay, this is about video games. But even with that, if you look at the quotes, it's like, oh, this is great for fighting game community or whatever, you know, and, and that's, you know, oh, and here's the thing on Twitch, again, talking about fighting game stuff. And then the ESPN esports player of the year, he said, but yeah, it increased prize money and that helps out. And that's awesome. Like, so the things they mentioned are fighting games and money. You know, like, like, I get it, though. If you're a video game company and you want to be involved in, like, esports, blah, blah, somebody run your events, like, sure. Or if you're Wizards of the Coast and you just want competitive magic completely off of your plate. Mm. I think there's better ways to go about it. Like this, I, clearly there's better ways than, than what happened this past week. But do, do you think they're gonna outsource? I guess paper magic also. I mean, here no, I don't think they'll do that. That's actually too hard for a lot of people to run well. But the other interesting thing here about Matcherino is it shows their amount paid out at nine point three million. For the number of brands and money and everything, you know, they show through their site, that doesn't feel like very much. With, you know, over 109,000, almost 110,000 payouts through 32 tournaments. 32,000 tournaments. Stop doing math, Daquan. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, I mean, because one of the things which is amusing because, you know, we talk about payouts and magic all the time. But the fighting game community has some of the worst payouts known to man. Like, they really do. Like, I remember when we ran some at our store briefly, because we just wanted to try it out, because we were doing used video games at the time and stuff. And I set up a reasonable prize structure where something like 
I think it was like 80 or 85% of every entry went to the prize pool and the rest went for like, you know, covering costs of us buying a couple extra consoles and paying some people to help run it and whatever. And people thought that was outstanding. And to me, because we didn't even get that many people. I think our first one was only like 30, 30-ish people, 35 people, something like that. And they were excited that there was a couple hundred dollars in the prize pool or whatever. And my thought was like, well, okay, I thought this was going to be a little light and we were going to be insulting y'all. But, you know, and, and then they're talking about like some of the fighting game tournaments, they go to like one and two in the morning because they have these crazy tournament structures. And then sometimes like first gets us like maybe a hundred dollar prize, but then like second gets almost nothing like, you know, like their entry fee plus like 10 bucks or something. Right. Like you literally would have made more money had you gone to um, work at your minimum wage job that day. Yeah. Like there's so many weird things. Like it just makes no sense to me. Which is so, unfortunate because I mean, covering Evo, like some some of those, the ending of some of those tournaments are some of the most fun things to watch in esports. Oh yeah, the crazy thing is, some of them even had like you know a head head fee to get in to come watch or whatever, and I'm like, well, where did that money go? Right. Like you, some of them have sponsors by like you've got like big ass like Comcast or Capcom yep. banners everywhere, whatever, and it's like. Well, where did that money go? (laughs) Capcom actually has a staff member in charge of like running fighting game tournaments and making sure they turn out okay. They they know, you know, how much the community loves competitive tournaments. It just makes no sense to me, right? And the fact that those are what are held up as the examples are mind-blowing. Because like quick math to me says if this is 9.3 million they've paid out and they have 32,000 tournaments, that's roughly what three hundred dollars per tournament. Is that math right? Yeah, I think so. Like that's not very much. Like, why is prepared to do any math this evening? But I'm just saying, like, why is that the example the company we're reaching out to to work with or whatever? Yeah, it comes out to like two hundred and ninety three dollars per event. That's not very much. I mean, there's FMs that if you added up the prize pool in in product and cash, they give away give or store credit, give away more than that. The still keeps popping up like, well, let us know if you have any questions. Like, boy, Decoy got lots of questions, but I'm I got <laughs> I got infinite questions. Like, <laughs> but think about that though. Like, that's not very much. Like, like for having this type of website and all these sponsors and whatever. And you're giving out $300 per event. Now, granted, I'm sure some of those are probably like eight or 10 person events or whatever that are just like midweek on a Tuesday. And they maybe gave away like 50 bucks or something, right? And then you have the others that maybe your weekend events have a couple hundred people. and Maybe that give away like $1,000 or whatever. I'm sure there's a balance there somewhere. But yeah, it's it's something. I don't know. I feel like I'm so harped on this. Do you think uh, Wizards uses them again, or is this a one and done situation? I would guess they at least want to try one more time, right? Because if you've dedicated, you've already made the decision, you've made an announcement, you put it out on magic.gg and all that, like you at least have to see it through one event. And then if the results are not good, or the way it's handled, or the software doesn't function the way they want, or whatever, then you say, okay, cool, look, we gave it the real try, we gave you an opportunity to run the event. 
this just isn't going to work, right? And then you move on. But I honestly, we're not going to know because we're not on the business side of it. But I'd be curious to understand what the agreement is to make. Like, I know why Maturino wants it. Because that's a whole new pool of players you don't get, right? Because some number of the video game players are going to cross over. But if you get the Magic players, there's a lot of those people that don't do anything in the competitive video game space. So you'd be getting a whole new round of people registered to your website, and I'm sure they take a percentage of every entry fee or whatever, you know. So great for them. I just and again, don't... you got a partner, you know, that wants you to run it because there are a lot of people mm-hmm. like Nintendo actively goes around and kills Smash Bros. events. So the fact that Wizards want somebody else to do this is a huge positive for Maturino. Yeah, I'm just not sure. I don't know, man. I'm skeptical. I've seen. Well, I think everybody is after this has happened. They're, but my thing is, they've given you no reason to not be skeptical. The other problem I have is that the average video game tournament doesn't draw near as many people as the large competitive magic events like star city and and channel fireball and some of these people they've had to run large events online you know because magic draws a lot of people but i don't hear and and i'm not way entrenched in the video game community but i don't remember hearing about you know a 500 person a thousand person whatever video game tournament those don't seem to happen that often so I don't even know if they're set up to handle that equivalent. I would say pound for pound, yeah, there probably are far more Magic or even Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments of that size, and there are certainly fighting game tournaments or yeah, even Madden, even most Madden tournaments have been to aren't usually around the five hundred. And again, that can be a small Magic tournament once you take into account you know pro qualifiers and things. Yeah, also true. So. Yeah, I'm not really sure where this is all headed. It was just, even now while we're talking it through and I'm going through like more of the numbers that they're showing and whatever, I'm kind of like, these aren't that impressive. To me, this is an example of how like people do market things and say like, hey, look at this big number of like cash we gave away. That's okay, that's a big old number, but that's also 32,000 tournaments. That's not that much money. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like even, they're even saying their number of payouts is 109, like I said, almost 110,000. That's not I've very been to many. Multiple Madden tournaments that had like less than six people. And I can't think of the last time I went to an FNM, even at a, at a card store and had, if it's a, you know, reasonably large establishment that had probably less than 10, pre COVID, you know, obviously. Yeah. I mean, 32,000 tournaments with 110,000 payouts is only like, what three to three and a half per event so you're paying like the top three or four places i guess in each of those which is fair so i mean at least they have a reasonable structure i guess assuming the tournaments aren't huge but yeah i don't know there's a there's a lot to deep dive i need to do more maybe go through their system try to create an event uh you know and really figure it out but it just the whole thing just feels weird and that's kind of the only way I can really word it. Yeah, Some... and I guess the headline is, you know, Wizards, uh, <laughs> Wizards' competitive efforts continue to struggle. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, oddly enough, 
even after all that Maturino stuff, we did get some other magic news that involved Red Bull. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Red Bull had a series, I believe it was last year, and it was the Red Bull Untapped, and did pretty well. They they had events that's the cool part about their series is they do a bunch of events that start in different time zones. So depending on where you are in the world, there'll be one or two events that will, you know, be your normal like 10 a.m. start time or whatever. But you're welcome to play in others. <laughs> you just might have to get up and play it like, you know, 2 a.m. or something. But it was cool that they were making the efforts. And their final thing was the only thing I didn't like about their final event is they brought in a lot of personalities to do commentary. But a lot of them got to do commentary for like a match. Because they brought in, so it was a lot. I want to say it was like 20 people or something. So you'd get a pair who was on screen for literally like the match and then plus or minus a couple minutes before or after each match. And that was it. So that part I didn't really jive with because it was like, if you're going to bring all these people in, when do they get to really shine? Like they might just be getting into a groove and then you're like, okay, cool. Thanks, guys. And then moving on to the next group, you know? Yeah. And so, in their defense, that, that's been, a, I mean, e- even, you know, sports like the NFL have a hard time figuring that out. How many, how, how many booths do you see that have probably five or six people where they'd be infinitely better if three or four people actually get to talk and give insight? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, if you're doing a thing that's going to last two to three days, like, give everybody a little bit of time. Like, bring in half as many people and let them do, like, two rounds each or three rounds each or whatever. I think that would go over much better. But. That being said, they are, they just announced, I believe it was on, what was it, Monday? That they announced, no, no, maybe it was Tuesday morning. They announced they were going to do the Red Bull Untapped again. So it's coming back. First event, I believe, is October 16th. And the last one is November 28th, I think, were the dates. But it's pretty sweet. The biggest thing I like about this event is it has a unique tournament structure for this year. So they're still going to do their events all over the world. You know, I think there's, ah, I'd have to go back and look at the details, but there was definitely what they're calling online stops, you know, in different countries. But there's six international events. They said two country stops, which sounds like, I guess those are going to be in person. And I want to say one was Japan and the other is Portugal. I'm trying to do this from memory. I'm trying to, because I have to go look it up, but pretty sure that was the case. And then there's the six online events. So lots of qualifiers, lots of opportunity if you want to play. But the cool part is they're doing a number, they're doing the normal number of rounds that's required based on the number of people. If there's more than, if you need more than eight rounds, they're going to do the final two rounds on Saturday. You know, so if you, you have to do 10 rounds, they're going to do those on the the follow the day two whatever it is depending on the day you sign up and time zones whatever they can't really talk in days because it'd be weird but basically on day two you'll finish up the what they're calling the swiss rounds and then you'll be bracketed based on where you finish and this is where it's a different type of tournament structure which is what makes it really cool to me is i believe it's every 64 places You'll you'll be in like a what I think they're calling basically a gold, silver, bronze bracket. And there's more money for the upper bracket, and then there's less money for the middle bracket, and then less money for the bottom bracket. But 
you're playing for cash within your brackets. So if you barely got into day two, you still have a chance at like getting $500 or whatever for being the winner of that division, basically. Like you're playing against people that are more at your skill level. You're not going against, you know, yeah, the gods, as it were. Yeah, if you ended up getting in with like, I don't know, let's say you have a five and three deck right, that gets in, you're not going up against the eight and no seven and one decks. And the way it's set up on day, yeah, the way it's set up on day two is as soon as you get two wins, the way the numbers break down, you'll be in the top eight. So you get two wins, you're in. Once you get two losses, you're out. So it's a very unique structure, but I'm kind of into it. Like, even if it doesn't work, I'm, I kind of want to see it in action because it seems like it's more exciting to follow because then every single match on the second day is playing for something. Yeah. And they're going to be more competitive because, you know, sometimes you get those matches where, like, like, as you said, somebody that just barely made day two is going against somebody that went 8-0 and it's a curb stomp and it's not fun for anybody. Yeah, I'm just thinking... There's a lot of times you're like, well, we just want to watch the people that are like X and two or better because they're the ones playing for the top eight, blah, blah, whatever. But now somebody with three or four losses, like they're still playing for if they're in the middle division, you know, like I think $700 or $1,000 or whatever, right? They're still playing for real money all the way down. Like there's still places. Uh, the Now, each division you end up in, gold, silver, bronze, like there's more paid places at the top and then there's fewer paid places in the second and there's fewer paid places at the bottom, right? So I think the bottom plays exactly eight places and then the middle one might pay out like 16 or 32 and then the top one pays out like 64 or something like that. Like, so they, they have it broken down so there's more money as at the top, but there's still money at the bottom to play for, which is pretty cool. Like, it's a really interesting structure I would love to see it from a coverage perspective because even somebody like it's even exciting in the sense that like, all right, well, this person's already got their one loss. If they want to keep playing later today for the cash in the top eight of their division, like they have to win this next match. You know what I mean? Like every match has an impact on day two. And I don't I don't remember a tournament structure where I felt like that for any game. Like that's pretty exciting. Like I'm, I'm into it. It's you know what it is. I described it on Twitter the other day. I, I replied to uh, Yoman Five because he was talking about it, and I said the cool part about it is it's they found a way to do reverse pool play basically. Because normally, like in the Olympics, you'll have like pool A through E or whatever, A through F, and then you know you have some number of teams, you know four to six or whatever in that thing, and the first ones to win two get a higher seating or whatever in the tournament and all this. And you're eliminated if you don't get a win and all that. But this is the other way around, right? Like you play your way into the different pool groups. And then you have to win within those to get your cash. Which for some people, they're going to, it's going to feel weird, you know, because we've not done it before. But credit to Red Bull for finding a fun, interesting, innovative structure that kind of changes magic tournaments because we haven't done anything like this before. Like I'm into it. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. This seems like a kind of a fun structure. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait for it, man. I, uh, now we'll want to say they did have signups the other day and they were about 
20% full when I saw it. And they are using MTG Melee, mind you. <laughs> so, like, just, just want to put that out there. Me. Yeah, I mean, they they are aware that, hey, this worked great. We should use this again. Like, so, I don't, and to me, that also says something, right? Like, Red Bull runs some of the biggest gamer tournaments in the world, period. And they're not working with Maturino. Like, there has to be, because you can't tell me that, like, Maturino didn't reach out to Red Bull and be like, hey, y'all run tournaments for all these different things. Like, we'd love to have y'all in running our stuff. Because that just feels weird for them not to. You know what I mean? Like, it had to have come up. So, I don't know. I don't know. But. The Red Bull's all like, we heard you didn't have any wings. Yes, pretty pretty much. (laughs) I was going back to Matcherino's site to see if Red Bull's one of the sponsors on their thing, or one of the partners. But it does not appear to be one of the logos that comes up. So, I'm going to assume not. Um, yeah, but anyway, they're using MTD Melee. You can go sign up. The first one is, uh, October 16th starts at midnight Pacific time. Cause that's uh 12 AM. Uh, it is, I guess they're calling it their central European stop. So obviously that's a much better time for the Europeans than it is for us Americans. But, but hey, hey in a stride, you know, so time for the werewolves. Hey, and the if you're willing to be a night owl, they have currently 977 people signed up with a four. Oh, so basically a 5,000 player cap. So about 20%. So, yeah, if you want to get in there, go check it out. You just have to sign up an account on MTG Melee. Also, the other thing is it's a free tournament. Like, that's the other part that's wild. Like, they're not even taking an entry fee. It says free to play. Open registration so anybody can play. Uh, you just have to be, uh, I think, I don't even know if they had a minimum age limit on I think you have to be 18 or whatever, maybe for just MTG Melee. But I don't know. Uh, but yeah. I mean, can't really beat that. I mean, that's real prizes, you know. Uh, so actually, okay, so here it is. So I had the structure slightly wrong. So I want to make sure this is correct for people who don't know. So you have a platinum, which is at the top and that's first through 16th after the Swiss places. First place is 4,000 all the way down to 16th, getting 200. Then you have gold division, which is 16th to 32nd with first getting 2000 all the way to 16th, getting 100. Then you have silver, which is 33rd place to 48th place. First in that division will get a thousand. Eighth place will get one hundred, and then the bronze division. If you're forty ninth to sixty fourth, or after the Swiss, first place will get five hundred dollars. Fourth place will get one hundred dollars. So there you go. That's a lot of prize money they're giving away. I mean that that's real loot. So, and this is what we talked about, right? Where. People are like, oh, Wizards should do this, we should do that. Like, no, Wizards needs more people like this running events. Like, that that's where games take off, is when you get outside third parties that are backing things, supporting things, promoting it, putting their cash behind it, whatever. That's how stuff takes off. Like, enough that people can start getting sponsored because, like, oh, well, these companies are running things. Okay, cool. I want my name on your streams. I want my name on your shirts or whatever because you're playing in those events. Right. That's where it's going to come from. It's the same thing we talked about before. Like League of Legends isn't huge because Riot is out here 
putting up all this money, doing all these things, getting all these people, whatever. It's because we've talked about before, you have all these third party companies coming in and sponsoring all these pro players, backing them, putting up all this money. But this is cool. I'm, I'm into it. So if you didn't check it out, the Red Bull Untapped series is back. They even have a sweet logo with Liliana and Teferi on it, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, all around, they're doing a good job and it's free. So if you want to go check it out, go get a piece of the money. And there was a little bit of Twitter drama last week. I don't know. It was about 24 hours of drama. <laughs> where we had somebody wanting to jump down the throats of the boys over at Limited Resources because I guess they discovered they were sponsored by a company that supports cryptocurrency. I don't even get it. Well, uh, the, the, their claim was that cryptocurrency is always a pyramid scheme that burns down the planet. So a little generalization in action there. But like, to try to get people to just, oh, you shouldn't listen to their show. You should quit following them. Whatever. Like, really? That's where you're going to go with that? Like, you're going to let you in on a, a little tip as somebody that's worked in numerous forms of media. Nobody investigates the advertisers. The, the newspaper or magazine that runs a bunch of, you know, cheesy timeshare ads. Nobody has went and checked to make sure that those timeshares are. I'm that pretty sure buy one but again advertisers <laughs> that doesn't surprise it, that is up to you we're just presenting the ads to you you buy it if you want to yeah i just don't get the idea of even like like it's i don't know like the whole thing just felt really loose it that that felt to me like somebody who just i need to get some social engagement wow <laughs> impossible I mean, seriously, that's what it felt like. I like I found this thing. I bet I could get people hyped up over this or whatever. I mean, I'm sure that wasn't their intention, but like it sort of feels that way. It's because like, really, what are you thinking is going to happen? Really, like one, both of those guys are really good dudes. They are basically like, pillars in the magic community, right? So it's not like you're going to magically get a bunch of people to turn on them. Like, let's be real, like they would have to actually be doing something bad that people cared about for to you to even consider people talking crap about those two. Uh, and I know a bunch of people just really hate crypto. I get it. The, the, yeah. the environmental issues are concerning. Sure. I'm not saying there's, there's zero impact there or anything. Like, yeah. But to just be, well, y'all should stop supporting them because they've got a sponsor who deals in crypto and it destroys the environment. It's like, I mean, I ain't going to lie to y'all. Like, if General Motors called me up right now, I would cut this recording. I would take that phone call, and we'd have a big-ass GMC logo on the spot on the video next week or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, it's And you'd be like... It's a person operation. Yep. And I don't... You, I'm just saying. I don't you, know exactly how big their staff is, but I'm sure, you know, it ain't... I'm going to say I'm sure it's not like, you know... Uh, uh, a, a Fox or a Amazon that's got thousands of people at their disposal. Just in theory, it would be great. To, and I'm sure they do make sure they're not selling like, Hey, you know, this isn't some front, you know, this, this company isn't a shell corporation for, you know, I, I don't know, kicking puppies or something. It's so hard to even think of something we could all agree is bad nowadays. <laughs> yeah. It's just a weird thing. Like I said, cause like, 
I mean, yeah, literally, I would like. I'm not even joking. I would take General Motors money ASAP. Like, and, I think most creators would. And we know for sure that manufacturing cars is not good for the environment, especially the ones that aren't like fuel efficient, you know, hybrids or whatever. So, I mean, how mad is he? Like, when you post stuff like that, how mad do you expect people to really be? Like, let's let's be honest. Like that, and the problem for me is I look at all the other crap that's been going on, and that's the thing you want to take up a fight for. Like even the people, the few people that did actually jump in and support it, I'm like, really? That that's that's the side you're gonna take. Like that's where you're gonna plant your flag. Like, all right, cool. And like, if you're gonna do that, I want you to keep that same energy. You know, when you turn on whatever your favorite TV show happens to be, and again, they got you know scammy timeshare ads, mm-hmm. questionable, you know, erectile dysfunction pills. Mm-hmm. Are you going to call Anderson Cooper until CNN to quit shilling that stuff? I bet you're not, because you know nobody's going to respond to you. Shoot, I can't count the number of times I've seen them commercials on TV talking about all these different medicines that have like 42 side effects and everything else. And it's just like, which, by the way, sidetrack, how the hell can you sell stuff that like this helps with like your shingles, but the side effects are like, internal yeah. bleeding yeah. like you know like like I seriously one of them had like internal bleeding uh uh something else that had to do with like your heart and i said it earlier i said you know we hadn't had anybody ring my doorbell during the podcast in oh, weeks yeah. <laughs> and sure enough <laughs> what did i say anything for i jinxed myself but the funny thing is about some of those is literally after they list whatever it is the seven or eight things which by the way one is also, don't take it if you're allergic to it, which I, yeah, no well, yeah. no crap, right? But literally, and it says, and in some cases, possibly death. And I'm like, I will just keep my damn shingles. Right? Like, like, shingles <laughs> or death, I would take shingles. I might end up with, like, internal bleeding, you know, all the other thing. I'm like, man, I'll just keep the shingles. F it. Like, you know. One of the depression medications, they said side effects include erectile dysfunction. Like, I can think of nothing that would depress me more. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I'm gonna stick with the depression, but but those things advertise on damn near every major show. Mm-hmm. And again, if if you haven't called, you know, if you haven't called uh, the NFL or whatever whatever show you may be watching, if you hadn't called NBC while you're watching Peacock and complained about this, why are you calling? You know, or, or mailing or twittering limited resources because you actually can reach them. You know, they'll interact with yeah. you. The the only thing I can say is that if maybe they were sponsored by, I don't know, whatever the largest crypto mining operation is in Korea or whatever, then maybe. You know what I mean? Like, you're being sponsored by, like... closing that they're a sponsor. It yeah. isn't just, you know, like, hey, we just randomly start talking about... Crypto for doing they're letting people know that hey, these people are a sponsor. That's why we're talking about it. Like we when we tell you at the beginning, hey, we're sponsored by Cardspear, we yeah. let you know that we're not just randomly talking about this. This is for sure. So like that maybe that. Like if they if their company was one of the main purveyors of pollution f- problems from crypto, then like okay, maybe we can have that talk. But like it, whatever. It's just one of those things. It's like 
typical drama issues that aren't going to really go anywhere. But I'm glad it was very short-lived. And then, Brian, you pointed out that I missed a story this week that actually is some good news from Twitch. Oh, yeah. Twitch has announced, you know, we've been hearing for weeks now that, hey, Twitch has plans to stop hate raids. And they have announced some of the tools they are going to be using, including apparently uh, making people do, or I guess giving streamers the option to where people, if they want to chat in your uh, in your stream, they have to have phone verification. So that hopefully will cut down on the number of, you know, bots and hate raids because it's just been, as you've heard on this podcast and numerous other places, it's been rampant for a while now. Yeah, there was, uh, I just tweeted about it the other day that there were two new series of bots that started showing up. And they're all, all the bots are basically like prefix and then a number, right? Whatever it is. Usually some type of word or name. I think the latest ones were gun and some number, you know, gun underscore number. And those started popping up and people were seeing them or they were following them or whatever, basically waiting for them to go live or whatever. And, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a mess. Yeah. Like as an example, a streamer can set have a setting where an account that's less than a week old, that has been following for only a few minutes would have to have a verified phone number in order to chat. So it's, so that's, that's what's going to affect, you know, your your tier three sub that's been watching your channel for two years is going to affect a bot that just created an account so it can go harass black and gay people. Yeah, one of the other things that's interesting too is now they're going to limit a phone number to only being attached to five accounts. So if you try to register more than that, it's not going to accept it. And... If one gets banned that's attached to that number, all of them get banned. And that's site-wide, apparently, assuming everything works as it should. So that's actually pretty sweet. Now, why they haven't had this forever, who the hell knows. But I'd like to see, I don't know, I guess you can't really verify any other way other than email address. I mean, email and phone for two-factor, I guess that's the best you can do, really. But at least it's something. I mean, this should hopefully cut down on a big chunk of them. And also, in terms of the, the uh, I guess, uh, police and enforcement level, they are going to federal court to try to find out uh, the two users named Cruise Control and Creatine Overdose, because apparently they've been identified as people that are coordinating these hate raids. But because of, you know, internet anonymity, nobody knows exactly who these people are. So they're trying to deploy federal government resources because, hey, if the FBI wants to find out who you are on the internet, they're going to find out. Yep. So they I'm have a lot of tools that. that obviously Twitch wouldn't have access to, and maybe, you know, if we can cut the head off of this uh, racist, sexist snake. <laughs> well, I think it's even further than that because I think what you'll find out is it doesn't make sense for just two accounts to be the ones going around just doing all this for sport. Like somebody has to be getting a benefit or paying them or targeting people or whatever. And I mean, for lack of a better term, I mean, they're basically my assumption is they are probably the Twitch hitmen equivalent, you know, and somebody else is is pushing, promoting, paying for them to go do that. If I were guessing, but I don't know, I'm sure we'll hear something about it. It'll, I guess it. You know how legalese flows in 
in the U.S. So it'll probably be like six months before we even hear anything from it. But I, I mean, these are all steps in the right direction. You know, for as much as we we bag on Twitch and whatever, because you know we were talking about this off air, where you know I'll get a text on my phone or or a notification saying like, "Oh, you got a post or a comment on your YouTube video," but I can tell from the comment it's one of the bots or whatever. So like, I'll just click over to go try to delete it, and it's already gone. Like, I didn't even have to do anything. So YouTube definitely has something built in that if once one or two people report a thing, it just starts being locked out entirely, and they just delete it for you. You don't get me wrong. Some still slip through. I have a couple a day that I have to go, like, report or whatever. But they're not just rampant like they are on Twitch sometimes. And and they're not all, you know, like, I I hate so-and-so. I mean, Twitch has had there's a reason everybody's been talking about the problem has been rampant and it's been going on for months. So hopefully this, well, this does something. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it's also the size of the platforms as well. Right. You know, because YouTube, I'm assuming is exponentially larger than Twitch. So you probably have a harder time for people to target creators as well too, because like also targeting their comment section doesn't really do a whole lot. And people can still pretty well regulate their live stream chats if they want to. So I don't know. It's, it's an I interesting thing. Also realize because of the nature of the broadcast, like very few people watch Twitch, you know, video on demand, they watch it live. Whereas YouTube mm-hmm. is the complete opposite. You're, you're, there's also there's no live audience there for you to troll. In most cases in Twitch, there's a huge live audience there and you can just see people's horrified reactions in real time and trolls enjoy it. You know, upsetting the apple cart absolutely that's a real good point i mean definitely different in how people interact with the platform for sure but yeah this is cool i mean again we we've bagged on twitch pretty hard for probably the better part of nine to 12 months now and they've earned it yeah (laughs) this but this is actually positive news this is stuff in the right direction I, i the only thing i i don't like about it and maybe this changes before these changes go live or whatever, is that you as a creator or streamer have to know to opt into all of these things. Right? So far, everything we've read says like, oh, well, the creator will have the option too. Or, you know, this is a thing that can be implemented. And it's like, okay, well, I would like that to just be the standard and maybe I can turn it off if I don't know. Right? Because accidentally blocking somebody who doesn't have a phone verified address or whatever feels like it's going to be less impactful than it would be to have yourself open to one of the hate raids happening because you didn't know there was a thing you needed to turn off. Cause I mean, cause to put it in perspective, like one of the best things you could do, honestly, in my eyes, especially if you're new and trying to grow your channels is to turn off, the intro ad when somebody gets to your page. But a lot of people still have that up. Whenever I try to like go send a raid, I'm like, oh, let me see what game they're playing today or what what they're doing today or whatever before I go raid them. And I have to sit through a 30-second ad. And it's just like, people don't turn that off. So I'm kind of concerned that some of these may still happen until somebody goes, oh, hey, you didn't change this setting. You know, <laughs> whatever. That would have prevented that. And I'm like, oh, okay. But outside of that, I think it's actually a pretty good step in the right direction. And even following up 
on the legal side of things, because maybe it opens up more accounts, more people they don't know about, and they can just bring the whole thing down, which would be pretty awesome. Yeah, it's part of the reason this has gone so rampant is because for months there's been, other than you know, getting an account that you probably only started to do hate raids banned, there's been no consequence for these people. Yeah, basically none. Like, you know, FBI gets involved and says, hey, uh, we're going to require Twitch to start turning over IP addresses so they can find you within, you know, minutes. Okay, we'll, we'll probably get some action. Well, not just that. Like, it's pretty easy, as we've seen, that the accounts get banned. And they're like, great, we'll just hit the VPN and we'll just create some new ad accounts and just go right back in. You know, and that's happened. But at least now, when you have started attaching phone numbers and, you know, you may not be able to post in chats or whatever that at least puts enough hurdles in the way that you take away some of the fun and convenience for those trolls and really make it a little bit of a safer spot. So it'd be interesting to see how this one plays out because I don't really know, but those all sound very positive to me. But while we're on the topic of creators, let's talk a little bit about creators to wrap up the show. Because one of the things we run into a lot and we see it in a lot of places, but it does seem to be very dominant in the gaming communities. But the mindset that your favorite creator, streamer, video, YouTuber, only should be playing the one thing. Like, I've seen that come up a lot. Or when you decide you want to play a different game on a stream or you want to post a video about something else on your YouTube channel... Like, people, hell, I've seen people do it even on just social media. I've seen people literally say on Twitch, well, I didn't follow you to find out your opinion on dresses or whatever. Like, I came here for the magic content or whatever it is, right? I'm like, that, that does, it's so ignorant. Like, such a linear, simple line of thinking. Sometimes it's not even just one game. It's like they only want to watch one mode. Yeah, it's yeah, that's even... Sometimes more ridiculous and and it's so weird because like if you follow me why are you mad that i'm sharing some pictures of food like i have to eat like you know what i mean like i assume you do as well that's kind of how human beings work yeah but like i've seen people get mad over that like i like what why that doesn't even make sense like i i get it maybe maybe if you don't want to be involved in like political discussions or whatever, and this kind of screws up your escapism sort of thing, that's probably like, and even then the person's still entitled to their opinion. It's their account. You're following them. But at least that I can almost get my head around. But when you're just mad about them posting about another game they like or their favorite sports team, or like I said, food where I had somebody get mad. It's like, what are you, what do you expect that these are some gaming automatons that go and just turn on and do one thing and they don't think about eat, do anything else other than that game? Yes. That's what they want. It's so absurd. That logic makes no sense. Like why sleep magic repeat. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's what they want everybody to do, but Hell, I mean, on Facebook Gaming, I, I, I'm I playing three games right now, effectively. I'm playing Magic, Storybook Brawl, and Teamfight Tactics. And sometimes you're going to see me on Twitter post about those other two games. Yeah. Like, if you don't like it, don't follow. 
Right? These are my favorite games. You know, like there just comes a time where, hey, you'd like to play something else today. Yeah, or just want to try something out. You know, sometimes there's a new game coming out. It's like, okay, sure, I'll sit and give it a go. I might as well stream it. You know? Because here's, well, like here's we've the... talked about, let's say a new set comes out in Magic and you weren't one of the fortunate people, you know, that, that got spoilers. You probably want to do something else that day, you know? Yeah. But the other thing is, too, you it's, again, and by the way, we talked a lot about the business side of content creation today on our private episode for our uh, patrons. So if you're a patron, you have that to look forward to today. Uh, however, that is the first one that we've done for the patrons that I'm actually considering unlocking probably in like 60 days or so. So still want it to be a patron, Patreon exclusive, but I feel like it's an important enough conversation that we might open it up. But I bring that up to say like we did talk a lot about the business side of things, and I feel like this is a case where us talking more about the business side of creation would help more of these creators. Just to get people to understand that, like, depending on the person's structure or agreement or contracts or whatever, they may have to get so many streaming hours in. You know, like, you you have minimums to be an affiliate, a partner, whatever, on Twitch, right? You, you might have a streaming agreement with Facebook or YouTube or whatever. It benefits you, even if it is a game you don't normally play, if you're trying it out to just hop on and stream three hours of it, right? Because otherwise you might be playing five, six hours of that game that day because you're taking the day off and that's the thing you want to do. But then you're also not getting your streaming hours in. So you're kind of benefited to be like, hey, you know what? I'm playing games anyway. Let's hop on and just do it. And people can come hang out if they want to and they cannot come by if they want to. But to go give them hell because they decided to give themselves a mental break and try something different. That's just like to me, that says you don't even give a damn about the creator. Like you, you believe the game is more important than the creator at that point. Which I guess if you, if that's your opinion, you're entitled to it, but I don't know that I want to broadcast it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But that's why I tell people I am the exact opposite in the way I create my content and everything. It is about me first. And it's about my perspective and my personality and hell, everything down to the way I look and whatever. Like, that's part of my content. And because because there's, you know, what a thousand people streaming magic. So, like, what's yeah. different about you, you know? And it's baked into everything. So, if you don't like it, well, you're just going to be unhappy here, right? <laughs> it's time for you to go. But I, I saw. Uh, Jana Omari, she was posting about it on on Twitter this week, where she she felt the need to have to make an announcement to all of her followers and stuff. They're like, hey, I'm going to be playing some other games for a little while and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it's terrible that she feels the need she even has to do that. She should just be able to say, like, hey, here's my new schedule. Tuesdays, I'm going to play this game. Wednesday, I'm going to play this game. And then maybe I play Magic on, like, Fridays. You know, and that should be fine. And, you know, if you want to watch the other games, cool, I can show up and hang out on your streams while you're playing these other games, or I'll just come by your streams on whatever day you're playing Magic. And that should be totally okay. But it's it's terrible. You know, and then one person, I think, responded to her saying something along the lines of, 
well, it makes sense when a hobby is so expensive as magic and you really can't do other things. And I was like, well, that's not true either. You don't have to do a bunch of collectible card game things. You could play magic and be into cooking. You could play magic and disc golf. You could play magic and board games, right? Like there's a bunch of things you can do that don't cost all that much to do alongside magic. And I'll guarantee you, most of your creators are doing something else other than just playing Magic. God, I hope so. <laughs> or League of Legends or Team Fight Tower, whatever the other game is that you play, right? Like, they're doing those things. And if they choose to broadcast it to connect with people, that's actually good business. Like, I can't count... Hell, Just Stefan is a, is a good example. Where... Honestly, that girl needs to just have a bakery. Have you seen her like food pics? She she makes some beautiful looking stuff. But yes, she's known for being an MPL player. You know, and being a top level card gamer. But she also enjoys the culinary arts. And I was like, man, no lie. I'm like, hey, is there any way I could order some of those from you? <laughs> Seriously. But that's an opportunity for her and it creates a bunch of other engagements and people talk about that stuff or whatever. So it's a good move on her part to do it. Not everything she posts has to be some thought perspective, whatever on a magic thing. It's totally okay. Hell, if you follow me on social media, like I'm posting random shower thoughts. I've got like, you know, you might see a picture of my cat. Like, you know, I'm trying to think what else I post. There's definitely political stuff on there. Right, like I got all kinds of things on mine, and I have people that engage with me different ways. Right, it's all part of personality and all part of the branding, and it's all good for business. So yeah, holding our creators to just one lane is so silly. Not even a lane. Like you, you're you're pushing them to the shoulder of that lane, right? <laughs> and saying, "Here, just right here, this is where I want you to walk." Like, you, as long as you stay here, we're good. Right? That That's just such a weird perspective to have. It makes no sense at all. So, yeah, I like, anytime you see that behavior, just, I don't know, knock somebody upside the head and ask them what's wrong with them. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Well, all right, Brian. Why don't everybody they can find you on social media? All right. I am DL Caesar on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N, with lots of cool projects coming down the pipe. So you should definitely follow me over on YouTube and at least on Twitter so you don't miss those announcements because there's some really cool industry business stuff and a fun uh, boxer brief projects that's coming through of all things. Uh, but as always, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please take care of yourselves and your family with all the COVID out there. And remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate under patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 